Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. Got something special for everybody today. Uh, we have a great uh, guest, one of my friends, uh, local uh, Jersey City, Philadelphia, New York City comedian, Nate Marshall. How you doing, guys? Uh, as well as my friend Frank in Brooklyn. How's it going? Great. Um, Nate, thank you so much for joining this episode on Live and Let Die. Uh, before we get into this James Bond movie uh, product, uh, let's talk about you a little bit. Um, All right. You're on two of my favorite podcasts. Uh, ah, first one is a Devil Tree, which you do with my, uh, our buddy Alex Grubard. And you also do this other podcast called Panties in the Mouth uh, with Andy Malafarina, another uh, comedian in the area. Can you explain to the listeners what the difference between these two podcasts is? Because I think I want people to know where they're coming at you, where they're going to get you on each level. <laughs> they are. They are. I feel like I'm almost two different people on those podcasts. <laughs> Your alter ego. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I, got, I got alter egos. I got hiding. That's just real chill and it's polite. <laughs> and, and, and that's on Devil Tree. Where we basically what we do is like a uh, like a cannabis community like culture podcast. So we talk a lot of a lot of legal like uh, legislation and stuff when it comes to um, marijuana, and uh, we also just like to do like some like game type. Well, we have been trying new ideas. Like we do uh, a munchies episode where we rate snacks based on their quality as specifically a munchie, which is my favorite type of episode <laughs> to do. And then so just we like to smoke and talk bullshit. Um, and uh, that's Devil Tree and the panties in the mouth. It's kind of just me and Andy, who's been a long time friend of mine, but we don't agree on like 80% of things. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we've always gotten along, but we are like opinion wise very different. And the, that's the reason why we even named it panties in the mouth is because one time when we were younger men, I was convinced that all women, and look, I was younger, I was dumber. I was convinced that like any woman you were with sexually could be like into things with you. And I was in the example I gave was like, you might, she might want you to put her panties in her mouth. And he was like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. And, and, and we argued for about two hours in a bar. It was like a show. People were gathered around us. It was an event. And, uh, it, but I felt like it was like a big staple. It's like what our friendship is based on. Like that dynamic is like, here's my opinion. And one of us going, nah, you're dumb. And we fight. It's a great we proof of concept right there. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, so uh, you've also, you're also a local comic. Um, to me, I know you play all over the place. Uh, how long have you been doing comedy, may I ask you? Uh, too long now. Uh, eight, it's been, it's been eight, it was eight years this March. And uh, I am still not a household name yet. So <laughs> I, <laughs> nah, I still love it. The one thing I just did it for the first time on uh, Monday for the first time since like all of this stuff started. And the the one thing I feel since having this break and going back into it is it's just I, I remembered I loved it past like wanting to be a career, which I still, you know, want. But it's, that's not the reason exclusively I, I I did it, which I it was nice to just have that like reminder, just like, oh, no, this is the coolest shit to do. <laughs> when you're doing um pay yeah. and no pay inside or outside all that stuff but yeah eight years um i started in like central pennsylvania philly area moved out to jersey jersey city trying to make it in new york and then just decided i like jersey <laughs> just, <laughs> just 
fuck out of Jersey. Nah, that's, you know. Nah, I feel you. It's, uh, well, it's been awesome to, like, uh, get to know you over the last year and do comedy-adjacent yep. things <laughs> next to you guys. Uh, and, like, it's just been super cool, and uh, I love your stuff. Definitely go. Where can the people find you on, like, Instagram and places? Oh. Uh, on Instagram, it's Is That Nate Marshall. On Twitter, it's Is That Nate M. Uh, both those podcasts have um, uh, pot, like podcast Instagrams too. Um, but you can find all of that just if you go to my either one of those other pages. Perfect. Uh, so thank you so much. So let's get into James Bond. Uh, Frank. Yes, sir. Had you ever seen this movie before? So Live and Let Die, I, 1973. I, I thought I did. And there are parts that are reminiscent to me. And, like, I, when I was a kid, I was going through a, a Bond kick, and I was, like, watching all the Conneries, and I was like, all right, I'm up to, you know, live and let die. Like, you know, I love that song. It's great. So I have a distinct memory of, like, renting the VHS from, like, the library or something. But when I watched this movie again, like, a week ago, most of it I don't remember. I was probably too young to, like, really get everything. Um, but there are some moments throughout that I, I kind of remember. Um, but you know, it's probably not the only Roger Moore I've seen, but it, it was the one that kind of stuck out in my mind that I had experienced before. And boy, was it a lot different than, <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. I had never well, uh, seen this movie. Nate, what about you, my friend? I've never, I've never, honestly, I've only even seen one other bond. Uh, I've honestly, this is the only, the second bond I've ever seen in, uh, no, so this is my first time I've ever seen it. The only one I've seen before was the one with Halle Berry in it. I forget what that one was called. Die but, Another um, Day. Die Another Day. And I've only seen that one uh, once. I was listening to you guys' pod, and I was like, oh, man, these guys know movies. I'm going to feel like a fraud the whole time. Like, that's what I... No. So you haven't seen any of the Daniel Craigs? No. None. Wow. Of, just... I don't. I, I I'm bad with actors' names too. I forget who's the star of the one with Halle Berry. What's his name? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. I didn't want to be wrong, but yeah, that's the only one I've seen. Um, what about what about the the video game? Did you play GoldenEye? After that, see, that's where like if this like when it comes to video games, I can talk for hours. Like I I played gold. I played all the James Bond games. The GoldenEye was probably the only good one. But, yeah. Yeah, I love GoldenEye. That's a classic. That's like my intro to gaming, almost one of them. Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, especially if if you're into like shooters now, like that's like where it all began. Yeah, yep. That and Rampage, my first two games. Oh, Rampage <laughs> also. Rampage had like the fun, gory factor. I, like GoldenEye, like I don't know. I was never really great at it, and then we got all the cheat codes, and then it like it was a game changer for me. And I like, I miss <laughs> cheat codes now, like thinking yeah, back yeah. to the way that they functioned across the whole game. Yeah. Like it was, it was such a cool thing. Like if, if you played Tony Hawk or whatever, whatever those other games, like you would play and there'd be like cool shit you could unlock that they built into the fucking game. It was ready to go. Now nope. it's like, it's all DLC and like all this crazy shit. And that's such a, yeah, you got to pay for the good stuff now. Yeah. Pay for cheats. <laughs> um so yeah uh okay so uh i wanted to have somebody uh that could speak to this experience of a movie so that we could talk about it kind of in context uh which is why i brought nate you are a 
black African-American <laughs> person. And I, I, you know, I wanted somebody to be here to be like, this is a movie that's like either really racist and fucked up or it's kind of OK or it's somewhere in the middle. Because looking back at the old Bond movies and even reading Fleming and the stuff that they were doing, it's quasi racist, kind of racist. And like in with what's going on, I definitely thought it, we could use your insight and it would be fun to talk about this period in James Bond history. Uh, and thank you for agreeing to that and coming on. What did you think of this movie? Well, the very first thought I had was when I went to uh, read it on Amazon is the 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 cover of the movie is Bond laying with a black woman who he just had sex with pointing <laughs> a gun at her face. So, so, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> so I, I was just like, oh no, as soon as I didn't know that then, but yeah, uh, I also um I know you know this about me AJ, but like I don't watch a lot of like older movies. It's just Yes, I feel you. I've never done like I think this is probably the second oldest movie I've ever seen in my life. The other one, the oldest one, is uh, Cheaper by the Dozen, the original Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's, so, that's cool. So, so I've never even really watched like black exploitation movies before. So past, like I guess maybe like the Shafts and stuff. I've I've like seen some of those, but um, oh uh, yeah, I I think I lean to the side of. Yeah, this is pretty racist. <laughs> like it's, it, that's how I felt when I was watching it. And I'm not sensitive to those kind of things. And it's not like I saw it and was, like, actually angry. I don't know that I'd be, like, cancel, cancel. But I know I wouldn't be, like, cancel Bond. But it definitely is something. I don't know if I'd even have noticed this back in the day. But since, like, where we are right now. Can, do y'all talk, can I bring things like Yes, absolutely. Stuff? Of course. Please do. I don't want to bring the energy of the pod down with with current events, but uh, because of the things going on, like things are are more like forefront now. And I was just I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's like this documentary on Netflix that at the beginning of everything called the uh, 13th that they were recommending people watch. And I was watching it, and it breaks down like the visuals of black people in movies. Yes. And like and I was watching this, and I was like, this is one of those movies. Like this is one of those movies that has black people look scary. Like and that's what. They, I, it's funny. Like it's definitely funny. One of the parts that had me dying was when after the uh, there's like, wait, is it too early to say something that could be a spoiler? No, no. no. Right. Just go for it. No, go for it. <laughs> Got no question. This movie came out so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's from the 50 years old. All right. <laughs> um, the part where they're like driving and uh, the guy like shoots the driver with the side view mirror. Yes. And. And then they like call it in, and he's like, "Somebody find a white pimp mobile!" Like he calls the car. A <laughs> <pimp> <laughs> I don't know that. That was great to me. <laughs> <laughs> and the, there was there was just has has Bond always been like that aggressive with women? Because <laughs> he well, it wasn't. It, yeah. So yes. So okay. this is like a, a different. So like to context, so to con you know contextualize only, not apologize for or say is okay. Bond, yeah. uh, you know Connery's Bond was pretty harsh with women and it was very liberal to slap them and did not really validate their presence. He's also like kind of a real asshole in real okay. life towards women, just bar none. Yeah. Where where like Roger Moore kind of changes is that even though Roger Moore his portrayal of Bond is funnier. Everyone agrees it's funnier. Uh -huh. It's more, uh, 
it's more comedic. Um, he is well. He's not abusive to women. He's ve- he's very fast with the moving mm-hmm. and the and the stuff, and it doesn't really play out now good at all. And like, yeah. it looks just like crazy. It, this movie in particular, even after like the last movie we just watched from '69, like uh-huh. this is just nuts. It, there was a part that confused me when uh, it was at the very beginning. It was. It was a lot to this scene that I thought was funny. The guy comes and he's like giving Bond the mission. And as soon as he walks in, it's like Bond's trying to hide the woman from him, which I didn't understand. It's like, yeah, an adult, you have a lady friend over. I don't know why you're hiding her. But the dude, his first thing, like he's walking into Bond's house and he's he's like beelining for his bedroom. And I just didn't get that. Like he's like, hey, Bond, I'm here to give you a mission. Let's go to the bed. Sit yeah, down. Like, what what boss does that, right? Like, hey, I'm coming over for a visit, and we're gonna go sit on your bed. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> very weird. And then Bob was like, "Coffee." Tried to bring him in, and then he like tried to leave and head back. He had to go back a second time to the bedroom, and um, and then the woman hid in the. I was just confused as to like, is is there some thing in the Bond universe that he shouldn't be seen with the woman that she like hid in the bedroom and hid in the closet? So or. Okay, so kinda. <laughs> um, okay. uh, Money Penny in the movies, uh-huh. who is like the the secretary for the Ministry of Defense for M, uh, she, she helped him at the in like. Okay. Yeah. Yes, she always kind of has like a thing that she wants Bond, and Bond flirts with her in a scene in the movie. That's uh, kind of it, but. Okay. In in the story, it does add tension that they're trying to keep this away from Money Penny because Bond M would tell Money Penny, and okay. like, and then that she would be upset. So they're all trying to keep it from Money Penny, although Money Penny ultimately, you know, fools Helps them both. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. Uh, but yes, it's, it's, it's definitely totally a weird, weird start because, yeah. like, if this is the first time we're seeing Roger Moore as James Bond, like, it it provides no context for for like the differences of, of like why this movie is different. It's it just a, a little bit jarring. I totally feel you. Um, yeah, but right. you know, yeah, this, this movie, I mean, it has kind of like a weird cold open too. Like I yeah, mean, it, most of the bond bond movies do have that cold opening and it's like, it has nothing to do with him at all. Yeah. Is the, if I, and I just watched this. It was like the opening was, um, was it like the tribal dance or whatever that was happening? I think that's how it opened, right? With the Duke, it was all, everybody gave. No, it was the parade. There was like a second line. Yeah, it was three. It was three things at exactly at the same time. There was the the UN, the second line in New Orleans, and the uh, the other the dance in uh, San Monique or Monique, right? I yes, completely. I just saw the movie and completely forgot about the where he like turned the volume up on him. It, it had I forgot that was part of the same movie. Right. It was yeah. so it feels like a different movie. Yeah, <laughs> this movie is long. This movie is so long. This movie takes years and decades to get through a scene. If they made this movie today, it would be forty minutes shorter. Yeah, like, probably. It's funny you say that though. I felt like it was jumping ship or not like just going from like one part that it hit me real hard with it just going from here to here was um. It was uh, when he first like paraglided onto the island, kicked the guy down. He lands, and then the next time you see him, he's in uh, what's her name, solitaire. He's just sitting in her chair, like. (laughs) But it was like they had they had no like island traversal. He's just like there. He gets laid, and then he just 
late like they cuddle like he's on the top <laughs> <laughs> right so like there they take their their they take the liberties and just jump through a bunch of the exposition of how he does everything later on they stretch everything out <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that i want to talk about the boat chase sequence now um, <laughs> oh my god uh okay i so I think AJ, the last movie we talked about the uh, with uh, Her Majesty's Austin Secret Powers. Service. Oh no! Well, no. not not that one on Her Majesty's Secret, Secret Service. We were talking about the, the the bobsled scene, and you said you fast forwarded. I almost fast forwarded the boat scene. It oh, was I could have done that. Uh, which scene did you fast forward, AJ? The one you did fast forward? No, I, I did it. No, Frank. Oh, uh, Frank. it was a different movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Her Majesty's Secret Service, there's a bobsled oh. scene where James Bond is being chased by his arch nemesis, but they shoot it with uh, rear projection. So it looks like how like the old Batman TV show looked like. It looks so uh -huh. fake and shitty now. It just looks really shitty and terrible. So I just like I fast forward because there's no there's no uh, stakes. There, it just looks like crap. And I don't care. Like, I know Bond will be fine. I've seen the other yeah. movies. He'll be OK. Uh this boat chase is just like it's awesome and and like the, it's cool for what they did but it's lacking music so bad that I like notice that <laughs> but dude, you're right there's no music in that whole 18 minute sequence <laughs> what the it's fuck it's bizarre like they forgot to give part of the movie to the composer what happened like <laughs> and the composer for this movie is George Martin who is the producer of the Beatles quote unquote the fifth beatle yeah. Huh. And and this movie was John Barry, who had done most of the James Bond movies. He wasn't available. So they go to this guy because he's cool with Paul McCartney, who does the song. And then that's why they're all in it together. It's such the boat sequence, it just like it's so it's so interesting to me that they like they did this like uh they they made the movie about the stunts and they like weren't incorporating the stunts into the story at this point. It was just yeah. like about what they could do. What did you think, Nate? I no, I I mean, my take probably isn't nearly as nuanced as that. Like I'm listening like, "Oh, that all that makes sense." But my whole thing when I was watching that scene was just noticing the difference in like the level of stunts we do now. That's, I, I, <laughs> like, they, there was like a scene where like two boats hit like a small jump, and it's like a small jump. I, they had to be like two feet above the water, and they both land, and then there's another boat that's like, I'm not even trying it, and just turns into the woods. Like he just he just makes a yes. left turn into the. And um, I I thought of, I did think it was real long, and I, but I that was actually one of my favorite scenes. In the whole movie, <laughs> it's 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 enjoyable. It's because it, it's so silly. They kept they went on land. It had to be like four times. <laughs> <laughs> they took their boats like on a small like land like drive multiple Dude. times. The one people landed in the pool. I, that's I really wanted. To, <laughs> like when they got to that pool, like they just two just they're in Louisiana, just two black dudes just pull up and land in a pool around a family <laughs> holding guns. And I'm just like, oh, that's the movie. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what <we> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's what's so bizarre. Like, to me, because there's no music, because it's already like two thirds of the way through the movie, and it's so long, and it's intercut with this racist 
sheriff guy. Like, yeah. why is he in this movie at all? And he's just like, he, all of a sudden, he becomes the main character. I feel like we see him more than Bond in like a lot of these scenes. And it's just like, why is he there at all? <laughs> yeah, I thought he was. Yo, that, I'm glad somebody else. Okay, that wasn't just me. That was he just he just threw him in there. And um, yeah, they did. But he felt I don't know. It felt like it was like, you know, they were doing the black exploitation thing. So it was like, all right, who's a who's a villain? The black people, Southern cops. Yeah. And they sure. just threw him in there. And he and they made him. They definitely like they didn't make him look great though. They they I could tell watching it there, they were making that like I, them look silly. Like he talked like an idiot. Then the thing that came over the radio at the end, which I thought was funny, like can you come over and kill her dog or a cat? Like the lady called it. <laughs> it was like yeah, he's foaming at the mouth. He wants to know if you could come over and shoot it for. <laughs> like <laughs> they did make him a villain, and they did make him over the top the way he looked and talked and. Like that, the fact that he didn't get what was going on, and that you know, at the end of it all, it's like, oh, he's a secret agent. Oh, okay, yeah. It, is I think I, this I guy it, goes on to be the guy much. in Smokey and the Bandit. What? I think we just don't know that because we're not, we don't watch those movies. You know what I mean? Like, I think <laughs> like there's a degree of like the '70s movie that like you want to watch, which is like maybe it was it won an award or like. I want to watch Mel Brooks, so like I go back and I watch all the old Mel Brooks movies. Uh, but like I've never seen like the Smokey and the Bandit movies or like any of what is called like Hicksploitation, which is like a totally different thing. But like huh. because of <laughs> Hebrew Hammer, I watched like other black exploitation movies growing up, and I had seen uh -huh. like Trouble Man and all these other ones, uh, and like they're cool and like i like that part of the movie and i felt like it was so cool to see all the cadillacs like especially yeah. in the scenes in new york like that was awesome yeah yeah and they like they never had like a chase scene like that it's like on the west side highway like i know it's not the west side the fdr like i know where that is like i've driven on that exact road where they were yeah that was cool to see i agree with that, that was cool it's like how often is a, a bond movie in america let alone like in new york city that that was pretty cool uh Especially just to start off that way, like you, you, I wasn't expecting it. Um, okay, uh, I loved the bad guys in this movie, the villains, uh, everybody. I was rooting for them pretty much the whole time, which is weird <laughs> for the first movie of a new Bond. You know, like I thought I heard you guys say that, but I wasn't sure. So this one was the first Roger. What's his name? Roger Moore. Yeah. So yeah. To, so just to clue everybody in the. Sean Connery was Bond up until 1967. At that point, he's like, I'm too old. I can't do it anymore. So then they bring in this guy, George Lazenby, who's Australian. And, like, he's, like, a hand model. And, like, he doesn't know what he's doing. And he gets the part, and he convinces Broccoli by, like, cutting his hair and getting a suit like Sean Connery. He gets on the set, and he becomes, like, the biggest asshole to everybody. He, like, becomes such a prima donna. And then as they're doing the movie the producers of the Bond movies, they're like, we're not making you any more movies. Because he, for the premiere, he grew like this huge beard. He moved to a fucking houseboat. Uh, he was like a crazy dude. And they like, no, 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 no. And they went back to Sean Connery for a movie in between this one and that. And Sean Connery did the last movie as James Bond. And then they brought him in for this movie, Live and Let Die. And he had screen tested for James Bond in the 60s. Uh, but was unavailable because he was on TV, on British TV. 
okay. so that's why he wasn't Bond earlier. But they they had always wanted to go to him, and uh, this is his like first outing. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's you want to talk about that, Frank? Well, I mean, you started with the villains. I I do think it is interesting that this is his first outing, but I don't think they make a big splash with him here. He just kind of like yeah, it's flies weird. under the radar. And so because of that, the the villains are a little bit have a bigger presence, and I think it's kind of cool that there are a bunch of henchmen that like you can remember. They're awesome, and like and and they're they're so memorable, and fun. Like compared yeah. to his stuffy suit guy. So, but like to me, like why the the thing that was like a little weird is like uh, Doctor Kananga and uh, Mister Big being like two sides of the same coin. It's like why was that necessary? Couldn't they just make him be one character? <laughs> like I don't get that. I, I thought this thing <laughs> that was a great scene though. He pulled that mask off, but it they never gave a reason, right? Like I didn't. I, I felt like I was I couldn't tell if I wasn't paying enough attention because I got ADD so, so like I'll be watching <laughs> things and I'll think about something and I'll like have to refocus myself but I when they showed it I was like there had to be a reason I rewound it a little bit and still just was like nothing I didn't did, you guys had nothing no no uh yeah well, well this there's kind of bond movies where it's either we're so we do a thing where we try to summarize the plot in like a, as few words as possible. And, okay. like, th there are some Bond movies that it's either, like, very, very simple or it's very, very complicated. And, like, you can either look at it as James Bond is after Mr. Big or you can look at it as there's missing agents and James Bond is investigating. So as he's investigating, you know, he's clued into what the CIA is tracking, who's, you know, and then you kind of dig down that hole from there. And I think the coolness of the, the plot of this movie is revealed too late into the film to like really bring it all together and that there's like it just feels like there's parts of this movie that are just missing you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like um one big part for me that i felt that way about was when the cia guy uh when he died the same way the guy at the beginning died watching the parade and the dude stands what well, i don't think they ever address it they just show him at the parade and then i don't think it ever comes up again you, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you, like, you know he dies because you see them go from, like, the sad thing to dancing. So you're like, oh, they got him. They put him in the magic coffin. And, <laughs> and I think – and I think – don't Bond and, and uh, the other guys show they, – yeah, they show up, like, to this – Two the seconds end. after, yeah. They're, like, right it, there. And they, and they miss it. And it's like, but uh, – I, I think what would have been cool – would have been if they like had spent like five minutes like on the street in Harlem, like showing the distribution, like like just it, like it, do like five minutes where it's like we watch it as it's being broken down and like moved across town or whatever. Like that would have been so cool. It would have added so much to the story and why we're interested. And I think yeah. they don't like ever like d dive deep into it. What they do is they make these villains like at times like. They're funny, and then I, and then I think most of it is just they're also very racist. So like, they're also yeah. playing yeah. into a lot of the stereotypes that they had from the movies that they were taking from at the time. And I think they, it's muddled. You know, like it could have been so much more. Um, they could have dug down and made it uh, either like see more of the distribution or like you know dig into the fun characters, make them do weirder stuff. The guy with the claw, Teehee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, that guy ruled. That guy was awesome. He was awesome. 
Yeah, he was kind of dope. I hated how he died, though. He died so silly. <laughs> so many people in James Bond movies die very silly. Yeah. You know? But, like, he, he was a great physical antagonist. Like, he was a absolutely. threat to Bond, and I absolutely felt like that Bond had to figure out his way out, right? And, but, like, then you have, like, uh, is it Mr. Whisper or just Whisper? I think it was Mr. Whisper. Mr. Whisper? It's like, okay, you, you just talk really quiet. <laughs> That's your shtick? Like, come on. <laughs> he come also on. sounded like uh, Get Out. Like, that was, like, I was like, what? Uh, that's what I thought about. And then he was he was cool. And uh, uh, Samadhi, the, that other guy, I liked that he's, like, ambiguous about whether he lived or died. That was cool. That was Which, cool. He was the, the voodoo guy. Because uh, he, he's makeup. a train at the end, right? That's what you did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was – I thought he was cool. I thought that scene with him was crazy where he just wasn't a – like, he was a human. Then he just was a mannequin. And yeah. <laughs> so he is actually uh he's but he can you can be two things at once he is a uh like a trained dancer and he trained dancers all over the world and in new york city and he trained all the dancers for that movie and he was like a major voodoo guy and, in real life in real life um huh. and then to talk about the main dude yafet koto uh he is I really, I really like him. I think he's like kind of awesome. I wish he had more to do. They don't give him enough to to be around. But he's like he's scary, and he's also like I, I liked the um, the idea that he was so doing this like really hardened like the idea of like taking over all of the drug cartels in the U.S. While at the same time believed in tarot to a fatal flaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> I, I thought his plot was hilarious. Like, it, and then they did the classic seventies movie. Like, I'm going to tell you all my plans before I kill you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but when uh, I, oh, everything about that guy was great. The fights they had. Why would? Or is that another Bond thing? I'm gonna have a bunch more questions that I have answers. Is are, are Bond fights always quick like that, where it's just like when he fought the voodoo dancer guy? I thought that was about to be this big, like, a moment. And he maybe hit him twice and threw him in a casket of snakes, and that was the fight? It, it depends. I mean, sometimes they really go on forever. But, like, I think this movie had was more interested in providing the big boat chase sequence and d dedicating a bunch of time to that, to, to the fight sequences. Um, so, yeah. I th so, okay, so to give you an idea, like, you know who Daniel Craig is. You've seen the trailers for the other Bond movies and ads online and stuff. So, yeah, like, yeah. he's, like, the most physical Bond there's ever been, right? He trains like a superhero would for one of those movies and does those kind of physical stunts that none of the other Bonds have ever done. At okay. this time in Bond history, you don't need to be super jacked like Chris Hemsworth <laughs> to do this movie. Roger Moore, in this, like, old documentary I watched today on the DVD... Was like, yeah, just like I swim. That was it. <laughs> I mean, he, how old was he when he made this? He I mean, was he had forty-five. Yeah, forty-five. <laughs> oh shit! This man was so, old. That explains it. And this is the best he's gonna look. <laughs> 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 this is it. This is the height. Um, so I, I want to quickly plug this video I watched um, that was posted by IGN a few months ago. That it's like the the. Uh, there has only ever been one Bond. And this guy has this really weird theory that 
all of Bond of the Bond movies have like a single continuity, even and it, even though it doesn't really make sense, but like so you have Daniel Craig at the beginning of them and then all the way at the end of like Roger Moore's tenure when he looks like an old man. Like I I hadn't seen clips from like the 83 movie or whatever he was in right and he yeah. looks old he's like in his 60s he's old, he's or something old as shit. Yeah. so yeah check that out for, if you want to laugh because it's like they are taking some big leaps but uh i can't wait to watch some of those movies with when he gets so old okay uh, i all right um so talking about like uh where where this movie like lands um i i don't know i i, I like the bond girl and I thought, like, she was really beautiful. Um, but I felt really bad about all the other Bond girls and how they – it's just a totally different – it was a different era for Bond, but, like, that it's just, like, not as interesting. You know what I mean? Especially after watching what we – what Frank and I just watched in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, where you have a pretty mm. fleshed-out female character. Like, here, none of them have really any substance. Uh <laughs> Do they always do like two, or is that just the flow of this movie where they had like the Bond girl at the beginning and then the one he ends up with? There kind of are multiple sometimes. It really depends. There's usually, usually two or three. Yeah, nope. usually there's one that's like the main one, but there may be one that's like a, a bad guy or like a, a bad girl, like on a, a villain um, that he has to kind of like maneuver with. So it's not unheard of. Um, oh. I don't know, man. I kind of. So, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, that's who this is. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. It's, it's weird to see her here. I was like, I, why, why, why do I recognize her face? Um, I don't love her. I think, I don't think, so I think maybe my problem with this movie is inherently in the, the fact that, like, James Bond and Solitaire feel so out of place, right? Like, they're two white people among a bunch of other black people in this story that, like, you could just take them out and it, it wouldn't be, it would be better if they were black. Right. And so like where they went, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. And so like, I just, I didn't believe from the start that she was really into voodoo, right? Like she's just like this white girl that likes voodoo. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. And so there's this whole plot of like all the tarot cards and stuff. And I don't know. I, I didn't, Maybe because we just watched the the other one where we there was a really strong Bond girl, I just felt like she was a little bit underwhelming to me. Um, and then the other one, Rosie from from the beginning, I feel like I know they were playing her as like a double agent uh, who worked for the CIA and for Mister Big. I I felt like they were making her so dumb, and it, it just like it was really unfair. I completely agree with you. I was watching it, and I was like, "There's no way she's in the CIA." Just like the like she she comes in the room gun first, which was hilarious <laughs> to me. Like she just puts her gun in the door, like just in case anybody wants a free gun, here you go. Before I walk in, <laughs> <laughs> and and then and then she just kept like when she's like telling him the problem she was having. I forget exactly what she was saying. She's like holding her wig, but she's like holding at her chin, like she's like petrified. And it's like you're right. as you're a CIA double agent. There's no way you're this, you're this not cool under pressure. It, and then she saw the snake and freaked out. <laughs> like it was just a bunch of. I don't, like, know, I don't know how much of that is supposed to be like, oh, she's playing him because like, yeah. you know, we're supposed to believe that she's a, a CIA agent at this point, not like a smart like guy working for Mr. Big. 
but I don't know. It just it didn't come off and it didn't play well for me through like all of her scenes. And then she just gets killed. It just like I don't know. I I, I was underwhelmed with with the Bond girls and the way they treated them in this movie, especially. Yeah. AJ. No. Yeah. I'm on. I'm on that level, man. Um, what else? Uh, okay. So there's no Q scene, and like, and I think something that we're gonna see kind of take over like the ending of these Bond movies is there's like one innate gadget that is gonna like be the deus ex machina and save the day. <laughs> and in that movie, it was the wrist saw, <laughs> which we had <laughs> never seen before. Did they even, I don't remember them saying that when they first introduced that watch. It no, was just a magnet. It's just a magnet, right? it's just a magnet. Like, <laughs> and, and like the magnet is a great power in and of itself. Like, it's, per, it's perfect. So I, I don't know. I wish that they had used the, the, that, uh, the saw watch in the Bond movies, there's usually a, a guy named Desmond Llewellyn played this character called Q. He gives Bond like all the toys and stuff, all the gadgets and the cars and stuff. He's not in this movie at all, um, which is just so like weird. it's so weird. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I like I like the watch, but I don't like how it's used. Like I and I think that they could have <laughs> really, you know, like this is a part in Bond history where it's not. Uh, Bond to be smart or to know what's going on. It's just that he's going to get out of it just because he's James Bond. He's got the toys. He's just lucky and he's got the good toys. I, you, you mean you didn't like when he unzipped her dress with his magic watch? <laughs> that part I loved. That part I loved. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Well, that's Absolute like some great shit. Here. <laughs> you know, like, uh, think of all the fun things you could do with that. Um, Mm. I mean, just un- I could think of some things. Uh, <laughs> it's like the, having the force all of a sudden at your I, fingertips. I guess, kind of. Um, magnets are magnets are cool. How do they work? Uh, okay. Um, I've been nitpicky with that watch. I kept seeing it and I kept thinking, like, how come it's only ever attracting the thing he wants? Like, all of sure. this, so much other matter. Like, he didn't turn it on. And his arm just fly back to the pole he was stuck to to saw it off. He's like, I no, I want that metal thing across the way. That little metal bullet, come here. And yeah. <laughs> but I, I know just me being like overanalyzing things. Like it's a movie. Enjoy myself. Yeah. So there well, are some people at this time. I was just gonna say there are some gadgets, but like there's kind of not really any cool. They're man, not really cool cars. Like. Uh, well, you don't really have that. That's a very big thing about Bond. Like, and there's so yeah, many think, chases. Oh no! I was just gonna say, I thought the coolest car was that, like uh, the white car at the beginning, the one that, uh, and that, and that was it. Like, it's like they blew their whole load on like cool vehicles right up top. Yeah, right, in the, right in the very beginning. Um, I think overall, uh, I like, I did, I did like this movie. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I- I'm curious. to I'm curious to um, see like what happens to it, uh, and I think that you know it's definitely not one of the better ones. Like there, and there are definitely worse ones. And like, and that to me, at the end of the day, is like, all right, this movie's fine. What do you think, Nate? Uh, I liked it enough. Like, I, I mean, like it definitely had its whatever, like the racist racist parts to it that I was watching. And they're old enough for me to find them funny and not, you know, be hurt by them. But uh, there, there were interesting. It was interesting enough that I could like. It made me want to watch more Bond movies, 
for some of the newer ones just to like see what this it's I was watching it like oh I get I got why it's the thing it is I just never got into it myself but that's how I felt I, I thought it was good enough to get into the series that's awesome yeah I you know to me it makes me wonder you know like we we have all this right now like they just did this big thing with uh, Gone with the Wind on HBO Max where they they pulled it down and you know posted it with like an update of like historical context and stuff. And it's like, I know that movie is a lot older than this one, but it makes me wonder how, how far, uh, uh dis- like the, the movie companies are going to go to like kind of provide context. And it's not that they can correct the past, but they can like explain why, uh, you know, I feel like of all the bond movies, maybe this one is like prime example for that. Um, I, I hope that they learned from it, like in, in some of the subsequent ones. Nate, I do hope that you go at least check out like some of the the Daniel Craig ones because like those are really excellent action movies. Current, like you can find them on HBO and stuff like that. They're they're really good. Um, okay. Yeah. The the one other thing I did just because of what you were saying made me think of it. Like I, they're doing a lot of that now like taking things out and changing movies and some of it like part of me is like yeah that's great but another part of me is just like it, it doesn't feel important it feels sure. like a lot of effort for not important things like i know they just took it's not a movie but they just took uh a whole episode i think of the office off of yeah. um of netflix and it was a good episode like the, the because of one scene that wasn't really offensive i don't know anybody I was talking to people about it, talking to specifically black people about it, and no one I know is like that scene bugged me. Uh, do you know the scene? Like the or um, yeah, I do remember, and the, it was that, and it was Community, and I think Thirty Rock too. A bunch of those episodes, and it makes me wonder why they can't just edit them and like take some of those parts out. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't. I think part of it for me is there's like it's still it's it is still. TV, like just TV. This is the point. I, I think I said this on one of my other podcasts. I don't remember which one, but it's just there's like there's one thing that's always bugged me. Not always, but recently bugged me. Even before the things have been ha- like that are happening now, what happened is I was wa- I've been watching like I got into World War Two stuff, and I was watching like documentaries, and I was wa- I watched that whole thing on Netflix. It's called World War Two in Color, and they just go through like the story of World War Two with footage. Um, but they. There's no black people in all of the footage. So, like, in my mind, like, I, I know there's footage out there somewhere in the, like, in the bolts of black people helping out in World War II. I was like, I'd rather just just find that. Do the things that matter and don't take sure. off. So, no, like, Bond doesn't. They don't need to cancel Bond. If that happened, I'd be a little irritated. That was my whole tirade about that. I just needed to say my piece. Sure, no. of course. And it, to me, it's like they, they shouldn't necessarily, like, go back and try to correct or erase like the history of the things that they did wrong. Like that, that's also not like, obviously they need to learn from their mistakes. And so what they need to do is make sure that they moving forward are, are more inclusive and aren't, you know, I, I think I would hope it is kind of crazy to think that only like 10 years ago, there were people in blackface on television, but like, you know, maybe now they'll be like, okay, yeah, we definitely cannot do that. (laughs) Like, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, put their efforts moving forward and, and instead of like trying to like clean up their past. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. That's like somebody going back through and trying to clean up their Twitter. Like it's out there. <laughs> Just don't be better now. Yeah. I, I deleted a thousand tweets. 
I deleted a thousand tweets the other day. Oh, uh, yeah, you don't want to get fired off of some uh, TV show or, or, or well, directing really, a picture. <laughs> well, really, I don't know if I've ever told this story uh, on anything, but the reason most of those tweets were tweets for a party I was promoting in my old life when I did event planning for uh-huh. a Jewish like social networking company in Manhattan. It was run by Israelis. And like I got an event for a summer event that I could do and I was running and I had an intern and he was like I was training him how to do it for college credit. And my like the Israeli promoters came to me and they're like, Okay, AJ, like here's our book of artists and past shows that we've done. You know, most of these guys are cool with us. Go through and pick who you want. So I go through, go through, go through, and then I see Talib Kweli. And I'm like, hell yeah, awesome. And I'm like, can we do a Talib Kweli show? And they're like, yeah, we know Talib, super, super good. He'll come down. He's great. So they, so they book him. So we're promoting the show. And this is in, like, 2012, and I'm, like, learning how to use Twitter to market things. And I wasn't really great at it. And I did one of those Hootsuite aggregator mass Twitter things. And I tweeted at Talib like a couple days before the concert, maybe like 700 times in two minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> like way too much. And he, t- he tweeted back at me and he was like, yo, man, like I appreciate the help and the promotion, but goddamn, that's crazy. And like I was like, I felt super embarrassed. <laughs> So and then so it stuck with you all these years. <laughs> well, yeah. So then I so well we're promoting the show. So then at the show, I'm like, oh man, like maybe I'll meet Talib, maybe I won't. Like whatever happens, happens. I'm not gonna like stress it. I had not met other people before. This was at Highline Ballroom when it was when it used to be Highline Ballroom, and it was an awesome place. Um, and uh, we were we, we did the show, and I remember I was dating a girl at the time, and we were like right in the front. And it was super great. He did for like a half hour and played everything. And uh, as soon as he's done, my girlfriend at the time turns to me and she's like, AJ, I really want to meet, I really want to meet Talib. Can, you know, can we go backstage? Like what's going to happen? And like, I knew like it wasn't really going to work at that time because my, like my boss's assistant put his hand on my shoulder. He was like, Hey man, I'm going to introduce you to Talib. So I'm like, excuse me one second. (laughs) So like I leave her behind. And like I go up around to the VIP, he's already there, like magic. It's so cool how artists can do that at like a club setting where they're like on stage and then they're gone and then they're right on the VIP. And he was there and like he came out and he like, that my boss gave me like an awesome introduction. And I went up to him and I shook his hand and I'm like, oh my God, Talib, I'm such a big fan. It's so awesome to meet you. Thank you so much. And he was like, that was awesome. And I was like, I just want to apologize. And he's like, for what? And I was like, I'm the idiot who tweeted at you and I'm really sorry. <laughs> and he, he shut me out so fast in that moment where he just like, he throat like I was, I stayed, did not, I, I evaporated and he like sat down and like, I was like, okay, bye. I had like my black star CDs. Like I was, I was ready. And like, he was done. That's a plot of a sitcom right there. That's an episode that, of Seinfeld. That really <laughs> happened though. Like, and, and like, that is like, a, like 700 tweets. Like there's other ones that were bad that like, you know, Foursquare or whatever, but those like, that was a majority of them. And like, I needed to just get rid of that and what spend the, the time to do that. Like what were the tweets like? It was just like, you know, tweeting at like the, like a Hillel is like a Jewish organization on college campus and it was yeah. a college party. So it would be like, Hillel, you know, UCF, come, you know, party at 
ultimate college bar mitzvah with Talib Kweli and this band and this people at JSpace. Like 700 of those exact tweets with all different <laughs> Jewish organizations and Jewish influencers that he has no idea or gives little to nothing, nothing about. So that's when I learned you had to just use an artist's like name and not their Twitter handle if you're promoting something they are doing. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. So, so anything else to say about this movie before we get into the ratings? Uh, I don't have anything that I don't think I've already said. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But I am I am interested more than I've ever been in the character of James Bond. Dude, go check out Skyfall. That's the that's the one you gotta watch. I think it's the one with the that's least amount the of time. Right? Yes, it is. It's a twenty twelve. Um and it's uh it's just great. Go check it out. It's it's a little long, but it's really fun and it's beautiful. It's like an arty James Bond movie, but it's super action packed. If you like cards or you play poker, Casino Royale, also awesome. And that's okay. like all about Texas Hold'em and how James Bond is, uh, you know, trying to infiltrate this bad guy. It's super cool, and it's uh, it's definitely one of the better ones of of recent years. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I have nothing else to say about this movie until we get to ratings. Let's get to some ratings, and then we'll talk some more. Okay. So we have ten categories for. Uh, you know, the different things. They are opening sequence, plot, the gadgets, uh, Bond girls, the villain. There's, in every James Bond movie, there's always, like, one bad guy who is, uh, you know, uh, stronger than the other guys who's fighting James Bond because usually the villain is not always actually engaging in fisticuffs with Bond. So there's always, like, somebody, we call that the physical antagonist. Uh, there's also uh, the Bond performance, we also have a category for like legacy and like the continuity. Like, is this movie good for the James Bond re uh, legacy or not? Uh, special effects and and song and score. And uh, I'm gonna give it to Frank for the first category, which is the opening sequence. Frank, <laughs> what did you think what? of this one? Scale so of one to I 10. mean, if I had never seen a Bond movie before. Uh, this is interesting, like setup, I guess, for a movie. But it's sure. in terms of like the scope that we've talked about for for opening sequences of Bond movies, where it's like huge action set piece or something like or Bond being in it <laughs> at yeah, all. Sure. <laughs> uh, so I gave this a three. Um, I think it's intriguing enough to like not get zero or one points, but yeah, three is pretty low on my scale. I also gave it a three. Um, I wish that there was. Um, a little bit more context and like setup. I just felt everything was so like quick, and it also reminded me of like Batman 1966 when they're at the UN <laughs> and all those sequences. I don't know. Uh, all right, uh, the plot of this movie, I'm gonna give that a five because I like like I said earlier, it's one of those ones where it's either it's very simple or it's very complicated, and I kind of like that now more and more as I'm watching it than the super complicated plots, and uh, I think a five kind of falls right in the middle for me what do you think frank yeah i i'm a little lower i gave it a four um it just to me it just didn't keep my attention as much as i was hoping or or thought it would um and yeah i mean it, it's it's simple enough but i just feel like it had way too many detours and it like overcomplicated itself when it could have been a little bit more streamlined nate what did you think of the plot in the opening sequence uh i like rating wise, or just what how I feel about it. You can do you can do a rating, or you could do it how you feel about it. You're here, so you might as well participate. I think it would be fun. I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give the opening sequence 
like a six or a seven. Uh, okay. Only because it, it genuinely made me laugh. Like, I don't have... <laughs> my opinion is all dumb, and this is all going to just be based on how much it made me laugh. And the opening sequence is like a 6.5, because when they put them in that magic coffin, I lost it. And <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty it, cool. I Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're on to gadgets and Q or car. Um, so... I, again, rated this fairly low. I gave it a four. Uh, Q is not in this movie at all. Yeah. Um, there's really, there's no Bond car. There, You know, he's got the the pimp mobile. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, that's just not, <laughs> no. Uh, and the gadgets are okay. Uh, AJ, what do you think? I gave this a three because I don't like how the watch is used as the cliche Bond get-out-of-jail-free card. Nah. But I, I will give it some... Uh, a couple points and not no points because I do like the playing on the ground sequence. I think uh, that's kind of cool. And like, it was definitely like on the border of like, Oh, this is okay for a bond movie. And this is starting to get Austin powers. Ridiculous. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and with, with the lady and whatever, there's also on the special features, uh, you can see the director of the movie is this guy, Guy Hamilton. And he's got like a whole huge, piece of paper it must be like the size of one of those pull down maps and it was like a really detailed marker drawing of that car chase for roger moore to observe and he's like talking about it so intricately how it's going to work and you could see roger moore has absolutely no fucking clue how this is going to work (laughs) what is happening so the only other thing i'll say about gadgets because i don't know if there's anywhere else to put it but uh the way that bond kills uh mr big with that kind of um I, I I don't know. Is it like a helium thing or whatever, where he like puts it in his mouth and it explodes? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was kind of a cool. I mean, even though the effect was like a little meh, um, <laughs> it was a cool way for him to go out. <laughs> it's memorable. It sure is. Nate, what are you, what are your thoughts on the gadgets? Uh, I'm probably gonna go two, just because, like you said about the watch. Um, my intro to Bond is like video games and stuff so all the bond watches they always did like they had like laser beams or something like that like so it went from like laser beams in my mind to a magnet and it's just (laughs) a little downgrade (laughs) um okay moving right along the bond girl uh what is so okay Okay. Um, you know what If, if we've done this before i'm doing it now um you're changing I'm changing the score because, like, okay, I, the way we talked about it, I'm like, I didn't like her, and my score was higher than yours. So, um, really, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't care for these Bond girls. Uh, so, we're both now at threes. Yeah. Um, I just, I, yeah, meh. I just, I just don't. There, honestly, like, once we're done with this big project, I'm not gonna remember them at all. They're just gonna float away into the ether. Th- that's kind of the sad thing is like we've seen so many great ones that it's like hard to like think that they're so awesome, and like the and like compared to first of all how women are treated today, but also by like the the awesome Bond women of the past. Like I want to give a ten to Ursula Andress. I want to give a ten to uh, the woman who plays Pussy Galore. Like I want to give tends to uh the, the girl and you only live twice like there's so uh, uh the next bond girl coming up is awesome and uh the man with the golden gun that like these guys like the collection is just not 
compared to what we get is like it's sad like they're not given enough to do they're not given enough time what do you think nate uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give them a four i thought the i thought they both were 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 hot i would just say that but the um (laughs) like the they're they're, that seat on the boat with uh the first the first girl and her abs are amazing and um but the but she dies quick and her character is real silly and then the other one she's i think she's beautiful but i I don't at the the first couple times they show her it I, it's not blackface but she's like definitely has like a dark spray tan right or something like that like she's there's, like there's she's something a, going on yes yeah, yeah. yeah she's got a tan she's got some funky eye makeup I know what you're talking about she's yeah, yeah. I, I at first I wasn't sure I was like is she supposed I couldn't tell because and I thought Bond was calling her a black queen but he was talking about the cards so I was, <laughs> She's black. Like it threw, it threw me off. She's the whitest black person I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So, uh, solitaire. Like. Uh, like we, yeah. I like that she had superpowers. It's interesting that she had that this movie has superpowers. Okay, so th- this is something that I missed, and when I was reading the, the wiki to refresh my memory. So she loses her superpowers when she has sex for, with Bond, losing her virginity. Right. Did any? Did you guys get that? Yes, I did. And he tricked her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he tricked he her. Tricked that her. I got. The, he tricked her with a fake deck of cards, and afterwards, that scene was so crazy to me because she was just like staring off into space, like she didn't look happy after that. She looked very unhappy. Like I can't believe I lost my powers for that. Yeah, like the sacri- the sacrifice wasn't worth it. <laughs> um but what I I don't know, like did she have did she say anything? Like other than reading the cards. Like what did she actually say? Like what did she want? Like you know, like nothing. Like we don't know. Nothing. Like she didn't even no. want to leave. Nope. Yeah. She wanted to stay. No. She I, wanted to stay. Yeah. No. No good. No good. All right, moving on to villain. I gave, um, I'm giving it a seven because Yafit Koto is a very interesting character who you can Google on, and I think he gives a kick-ass performance in this, and I like all the villains together. I was rooting for the villains in this movie because they were awesome. And like, and from the very first scene when Whisper shoots the guy in the car, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. I was rooting for yeah. I was like, I know Roger Moore. I've seen the other movies. Like, I, I want to see what they do. What sure. do you think, Frank? I, I gave him a five. Um, I kind of mentioned before that it's like, why is he, you know, playing two characters when it's very more simple to just be one? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I, I did like his henchmen and like his kind of ensemble and, you know, his idea of, you know, villainy is, is actually more tangible and like relatable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, five is just like middle of the road to me. It, it it, it didn't like completely impress me, but I think it's not the worst. Nate, uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna give it a I'm a, I want to say ten because there <laughs> <Whoa>. were <laughs> just because, but that's not how I really feel. It's just what I want to say. I probably <laughs> say like five. Um, I don't know. They were doing a lot of silly stuff, and it was just bugging me. They I thought it was cool that they had alligators and stuff. Alligators. And, okay. We didn't talk about the alligators. Yeah, uh, and like 
when Bond escaped by like leapfrogging over the alligators. Great scene. That's the best. That's so good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. I I didn't. I thought I wanted that voodoo. I think what really let me down with them completely was that fight with the um guy who came out of the ground. Like you got he, he got shot in the face, died, and came right back, and then Bond just like beat him again immediately with just like a couple punches. Knocked him into a. It just it just wasn't like a, you know like movies have that like he we defeated the bad guy. Yeah, and it, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't feel that with him. So it like even their scariest guy didn't feel like a like a challenge. But I you know that might just be me and my inexperience with the Bond. No, films. no, no. You're you're right actually. Um, so moving right along to the physical antagonist, I'm also gonna give this. I'm gonna give it a six because I wish they had, they got to do. I wish there was more, actually. Uh, but they were... Teehee was awesome. The claw was great. And when you were he was fighting with Bond, you're like, oh, shit, he could really fuck Bond up. That could, yeah. that could totally fuck someone up to be hit with that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And yep. the effect was cool. I think they sold it pretty well. And the guy looked like he was having a great fucking time, the actor playing that character. <laughs> it was awesome. What yep. do you think, Frank? I agree. I, I also gave him a six. So, like for me, he was just like slightly above villain. Uh, I, yeah, I think he was definitely menacing, and but like also was having a great time. Um, and and Baron Semedi, I like too. I think, um, like Nate said, I, I wish he had more to do, um, and and didn't. But like I love that the mystery at the end is like maybe he's still alive, and he's just like. I just remember when the, the movie ended, I'm just like broke out laughing. It's like okay, that's how we're doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> all right so next category is bond performance like how do we feel roger moore did so like i'm gonna give him a six here which is just passing because i think that like i wanted i wanted more and i thought literally and i thought uh <laughs> he would be more memorable in the start as more distinct and like he does make some different choices like you see him order bourbon he usually orders martinis um right. you see him like in the different kind of clothing that he wears now uh but i just didn't like his characterization like it's just not th- it's just not fully there yet and like he hasn't like like it maybe it takes these actors a couple times like sometimes to kind of really flesh out their bondness kind of thinking about uh Pierce Brosnan in Tomorrow Never Dies or um you know Daniel Craig in like Skyfall when he's like full on you know yeah, uh, Batman. You know he's like really. In it. What <laughs> yeah, do you, what yeah. Do you I, think, Frank? I also, I also gave him a six. I, I, I believe that he's Bond, uh, but I do feel like he he's gonna improve upon this. Um, yeah, the, the, the uh, funny thing you mentioned the the martinis. So this movie was the first time I like actually made martinis and sat down and watched them. Like <laughs> we've been like. Like oh yeah we'll have like a, a, a beer we'll have like gin and tonic or whatever like we 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 bought vermouth I'm like I gotta do it we have to watch a Bond movie with martini and so it was excellent um, highly recommend next time you watch make a martini um, all right legacy continuity slash relevancy um, you know this one that that yeah it just I think yeah. it it's it's not relevant its legacy doesn't hold very well and there's really no continuity um 
I gave it a three. I, I don't think it really holds up. I think there are a lot of problems in this movie. Um, I came away just like kind of disappointed. Like I said, I thought that this movie was better in my mind. And so to rewatch it and be, you know, disappointed by it, it's kind of a bummer. Um, but you know, it's, and, and I think the hard thing is because it's Roger Moore's first, like you would hope that he kind of went out big, but at least he went on and did like six more. <laughs> yeah. He does the most. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, Nate, what'd you think of the, the bond performance and the legacy continuity? Oh, the you bond performance. Either one. I was just say I want to say five just off the strength that I've only seen one other bond. So I don't want to be too low. I've thought Pierce. I liked so far. I liked Pierce Brosnan's better, but that was my first, like that is bond in my mind because that's the first one I've seen. Sure. So, and I don't, I haven't seen enough. So I feel like my opinion is kind of null and void. It's just the second bond I've seen. So <laughs> I don't want to say bad. I don't want to say good. So just right in the middle five and the continuity I don't. I'm, I'm. I know they don't address these people again. So the guy at the end on the train, it's one that <laughs> I know <laughs> that that will never be addressed. Is he dead? Is he riding that train to this day? Who knows? But I, I think he was a secret character in GoldenEye, by the way. No, I think he can play as Baron Semity in in the GoldenEye game. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I need to... well, somebody, somebody vet that quick. Uh, and yeah. get get an N64 classic. I want one of those. How, how do, how do I you have get one. one of I'm those? staring at it. <laughs> well, you have the real one. I'm oh, about, you mean like, like the remade like mini version? Yeah. Yeah. If they did I would that, be that so would down be for that awesome. thing. Yeah. I think they were supposed to this year, but who knows if they will now with everything happening. But I think it was like rumors that they were going to do that this year. Oh, or that... year after the consoles dropped or something. Yep. I would, I just, I would, I would love that. Um, I think the legacy, I think the legacy of this movie is a little like, I don't know. I, I, it stands in history as, you know, the time that the James Bond people tried to make a black exploitation movie or tried to incorporate those elements from those movies of the time into the, into the universe. And that I think there's like a part of it that's like, uh, fun, like the open, like, there are, the reason the opening sequence doesn't get any like is not devoid of points like the scene where they're in New Orleans and they're coming down and you don't know what's going to happen with the coffin is really cool and and the things that they get to do um it with with this kind of stuff and, and like the end with the the shitty asshole cop like i don't know it's not it, i i think it's it's more or less okay and then when they like disney plus will put a a thing and they'll say like this movie is fucked up and racist here because of this and I think they could do that with this movie too, and I think it would be just fine. Um, and really, I want to get to you know, I think the special effects in this movie are 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 pretty awesome, and like I, I'm I want to give them more points. I just don't think that they're like edited well. That's like more of the problem. I think mm. that what the effects are are really cool. I just think the the movie doesn't have our modern editing that makes things look faster and more exciting. Um, and I think that's kind of where I'm at on special effects. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good. Um, it, there there wasn't anything that I was like extremely wowed by, but there wasn't anything that made me cringe necessarily. Um, like even when he his head exploded at the, or he, I guess his entire body exploded, like that like looked 
fake, but was cool. <laughs> so both of us gave it a six. Nate, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I think it was a. I thought it was. I'd probably give it like a six or seven, just because I thought it was cool to see. I knew I was trying to watch it with like the eyes of you know it's older, but I, I felt like things looked pretty much how they would look if that happened. Like the car crashes, like when the car hit the one plane and the plane driving yes. seat. It, it it all looked accurate. It didn't look like to the extreme that we'll see in movies now, where pieces are flying everywhere and and things like that. Um, so yeah, six. I agree with you guys. All right. So the last category, which I I really, I thought going into this movie, Frank, I'm going to give this a 10. I'm like, this is it. This is my 10 right here. This one, this is a good one. Yeah. And I think that there's like some good points to it and there's some bad points to it. So I'm a big Beatles fan. I really love uh, Paul McCartney and wings too. I like what he did after he was a Beatle and, uh, this is like totally indicative of like what he was doing at that time and like kind of the music he was making. Having said all that, I think that they overuse it. They depend on it too much and they don't have a real score where they do really need it. And I think that that's like an oversight that they did in this movie where it's like, all right, we're going to have George Martin and Paul McCartney and you're going to see it and you're going to love it. But also (laughs) we're going to leave out. Like some music that they don't just need to make because we need to save money. And that's like kind of lame. Um, I expected it to be really awesome. So I'm going to give it an eight because it's it's gr- the Paul McCartney song is a great legacy. I don't love the Guns N' Roses cover as much, um, but I like and did I talk about like my memory of the song yet? Did no, I tell I you the so. story about it? I'm sorry, Nate. We can I, I when I was in. Uh, like fourth grade, I was a Cub Scout, and like the leader of our pack den was this guy Howie Gresh's Doug Gresh's dad, and we had to do like a talent show, and he didn't know what to do, so we did a scene where it was like, uh, it wasn't it wasn't comedy, it was just weird, it, and like it's kind of indicative of me too, but it was like we would stand on the stage, and the song would play, and we would like sing the sad parts. And then, like when the like the exciting music, like the instrumental parts, would play, Howie Gresh would like push a strobe light, and like we would have like Nerf guns and like move around like the (laughs) stage. And then they yelled at Harry Gresh afterwards because we we had like Nerf guns and we were using guns, and that's like my memory of Live and Let Die. Wow, uh, that's (laughs) that's where I go to. Uh, Nate, (laughs) what did you think of the music? Uh. Can I have no opinion? <laughs> no, you could totally have no opinion. That's yeah, fine. I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, I didn't even, I didn't like. I wasn't. Not, no part of it was like, oh, this sucks. I just, it was just movie music for an old movie just, to me. Like I did. I, I feels like a cop out. I wish I had more to, but I, I didn't have anything real to say. It would just been me making something up on the fly if I. It's 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 all good, man. Um, so tallying up our scores. Uh, just um, quick, I just want to jump in on music. Um. Oh I yeah, gave, sorry Frank. No, no problem. I gave it a nine. I, I agree in that I was hoping, like, my memory of the song like influenced what I thought was gonna be the movie. Like, if this this song was on a different m- movie, like, it would just make everything better, right? Um, but I think the song is great. I think they use it throughout the score in kind of a cool way. But I don't think they use like the Bond theme enough. And then yeah, you're right. There's like absence of all music during the boat sequence and it just like grinds the movie to a halt. Um, but 
uh, yeah, so, so tallying everything up, uh, AJ, you're at a 51. I'm at a 49. Um, this might be one of the lowest I've given. Um, it's kind of on the low mark for you, too, um, which is kind of disappointing. But uh, Well, I think it's going to be good to show where they all fall. Like, we picked such a big range of numbers that, like, we can really play around with what we think of them all. And, and like, I'm kind of excited that they're, they'll fall into different categories. Like, we know going forward, barring any other future crazier racism, this is by far the most racist James Bond we've ever seen. <laughs> and, yeah. and, 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 like, you know, if that's what's the legacy of this movie in the future, like, fine. Like, it, it's – and, you know, it's definitely not going to, like, you know, I wish that um, – there's going to be so much more bond fever as we get closer to the new movie, which comes out in November. And like, you know, uh, I don't know. I think I, I would love to see them. They're going to be changing bond soon. We know this is Daniel Craig's last movie. Um, I think, you know, Idris Elba has been floated out there for a long time. That would be very cool. Well, that was what I was going to say is like, could you imagine if like, if, since this movie was the first one for Roger Moore, could you imagine if they cast a black actor here? Like in oh, in the seventies, awesome. and I mean, I don't know what what how that would have changed the trajectory of Bond overall, but like this would have been the one to do it. Um, I mean, now they could so totally do it. Uh, like you said, Idris Elba, that would be awesome. But I think this movie would have been so different if you had a a, a black actor as Bond. It w- he w- he would have definitely blended in more than just like showing up at that bar in Harlem. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. He 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 stood out like, like a sore thumb in that one. <laughs> he, he was he's definitely very visible. His Britishness. Um. So yeah. Uh. Dude, Nate. Um. Thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us on this podcast. Had a good time. Had a great time. I uh, I I did too. Um. So yeah. This is the first of the Roger Moore podcast. Welcome. Uh. Going out with I think an awesome start. Uh. To plug the podcast, if you'd like to know where you can find us. We're on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and Apple. Um, You can find our social media at LLH Podcast. Um, Go to our website, uh, longlostheroes.net. You could email us if you wanted to, info at longlostheroes.net. Thank you so much, Nate, for coming on the podcast. Anything else you want to plug? Yes, thank you. No, just the same things again in case they – Devil Tree Podcast uh, with me and the comic Alex Grubar and – uh, Panties in the Mouth podcast with me and Andy Malafrina. My Instagram is is that Nate Marshall. Twitter is that Nate F. Awesome. Frank, last words? Nope. Thanks. Thank you so much, Nate, for joining. This has been so much fun, and I look forward to our next episode next week. The Man with the Golden Gun. And we got another guest. <laughs> all right. Thanks all. Uh, we will catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs>